Hey Jeepers, on episode 228, we're going to hear about some of the details surrounding the leak of the 2018 Wrangler Spy Photos. We'll also hear a story about an awesome little Jeep and a whole lot of water. I'll be covering rock sliders in our virtual Jeep build, and Nikki G shares a little piece of his mind. And we'll hear from Nate from SWB Crawlers about lockers. In Tech Talk, I'll be talking track bars. Tony's just talking, and Cody from TrailChasers.net is filling in, and he's got a grand adventure about putting a CB in a WJ. All that and more coming up on this installment the Jeep Talk Show. LT Wright knives are handcrafted in Ohio with the finest locally sourced materials. They build everything from everyday carry to bushcraft and even overland specific. Everything that LTWK builds comes with a lifetime guarantee and is designed from the ground up to be a solid working knife. Find out more online at ltwrightknives.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace First week in G. Oh my God, have you seen it yet? Like, totally sure. <laughs> so sure. Oh my God. Now, have you seen it yet? No, I'm not talking about the latest Hollywood gossip story about this or that or Hollywood star. Why would I? This is a Jeep show after all, people. As cunning as the paparazzi are, their automotive counterparts have captured the first ever shots of the redesigned 2018 Jeep Wrangler, which was spotted driving about near Fiat Chrysler's North American headquarters in Auburn Hills, Michigan, earlier last week. As we all know, the Wrangler has faced and overcome some severe redesign requirements over the last several years just to comply with ever more ridiculously overreaching EPA standards. The soon-to-be 2018 Wrangler Unlimited that was spotted is wearing heavy camouflage, as most pre-production test vehicles do. Despite the saggy, bulbous, dirty diaper look the camouflage <laughs> provides, some new design traits are, unfortunately, quite evident. For example, the next-generation Wrangler's windscreen appears to have been angled back even farther than the current version. Any more lean to that windshield, and that thing's going to look more like a Camry and less like a Jeep. Just another example of being forced to balance capability with aerodynamics. You want to take it a step further? Okay. The current Wrangler is too short to accommodate the one and only transmission that makes it compliant with the EPA BS, and that's the buggy 8-speed automatic that started its production life with so much fail. One look at the new Wrangler and you can tell the off-roader's wheelbase appears to have been stretched even longer than the current four-door's 116 inches. FCA also has indicated in a recent SEC filing that the Wrangler would move from its current five-speed automatic transmission to the eight-speed automatic, further evidence that the new Wrangler will be anything but short. What is probably the most interesting out of all this is the earlier spy photos, which revealed changes in the Wrangler's suspension geometry. Reports are coming out saying that the changes may include a redesigned rear axle and rear differential and exclude a track bar. Sounds more like layman's terms for independent suspension to me. Now, here's a little game they call word association. When I say Jeep, you guys say talk show. That's right. <laughs> now, when I say Olympic whitewater rafting course, I'm sure the last thing that comes to your mind is low range crawling ratios. Well, in what has to be one of the weirdest claims to world's first that has ever been recorded, Jeep drives a renegade through an Olympic whitewater rafting course. Because reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Jeep just laid claim as the world's first automaker to successfully navigate an Olympic whitewater rafting course, which is totally weird and doesn't have much to do with vehicles whatsoever. But I will give them credit as outside the La Brea tar pits, I can't think of anything that could be more off-road than that. 
The Jeep Renegade is the Jeep brand's littlest rig, but evidently that lack of physical footprint doesn't correlate to a lack of capability. To prove this, Jeep put an Olympic snowboarder behind the wheel of a very slightly modified Renegade, with the athlete, which the athlete drove up and down the rafting course of the Cardiff International Whitewater uh, Rafting Center in Wales without incident. The water doesn't appear too crazy deep, as it only gets up to the bottom of the Renegade's front fascia and doors. Nevertheless, Jeep added drain holes in the front footwells and raised the airbag's ECU by a half inch. Outside of that, the vehicle is completely stock. What's this? Well, this is about 18 million gallons of rushing white water rapids. Okay, what are we going to do? We're going to drive a Jeep through it. How are we going to save it? Let's move the ECU up a half an inch. <laughs> that ought to do it. <laughs> Considering the $18,000 Renegade is far less expensive than, say, the Land Rover's immensely capable $65,000 Range Rover Sport, with its 33.5-inch standard fording depth, I can give Jeep a pass on the mods and allow this entry in the book of World's First, as crazy and as awesomely fun as it sounds. Hey, I want to thank all of you guys out there who each and every week submit a story for This Week in Jeep. I got a lot of them, and I get a ton each and every week. Guys, keep up the great work. Really can use the help, and I do appreciate it. So if you have a story that you think we should be reporting on, or you have a response to any one of our stories, by all means, send us, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. I remember in the first decade of the 2000s that I got interested in Jeeps because, well, I wanted a boat and I wanted a Jeep <laughs> and I found I could do both with that little renegade. Oh, man, you guys are killing me because I love that little renegade. I want one. <laughs> you know, I, more stories like this that are popping out. I, I, I get a little bit more love for that little thing. It's, it's really starting hey, to prove itself. At so least I, it's square. <laughs> at least yeah. it's got some Jeep to it. <laughs> Only thing it's is, got a, it's got a more vertical uh, windshield yes. than the Wrangler does at this point. Oh, true, yes. true. The the new Grand Wrangler. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Dan over at the Four by Four podcast uh, recently was uh, visiting uh, California, and uh, he, uh, I think he was sending me a chat thing about uh, the Renegade that he had uh, uh, rented for he and his family to drive around, and he was looking forward to driving it. Not so much after he drove it. Uh, oh, I'm never <laughs> owning one of these ever. It was, uh, well, it's not enough room for, for him, uh, his wife, no. and his, uh, his three children. Uh, and I think it was billed as a midsize uh, whenever they were talking about renting it. It's so, a subcompact. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the one thing he did mention was is that uh, <laughs> he said there's so many Easter eggs all throughout the, the Renegade. It seems like they're trying a little too hard to associate it with a real Jeep. I've and heard that I, from if, more than a couple if, people, actually. Yeah. And if we go down a rabbit hole real quick. Sure. When I, when I was in Hawaii, I specifically called the rental company and said, I want a new Cherokee because I want to drive the thing. Mm -hmm. So we get there and the lady says, I've got a really nice Hyundai Santa Fe. <laughs> <laughs> because, Same you know, thing. It's a great <laughs> comparison <laughs> right there. Mm, that is vehicle. not going to work. You're going to have to find a Jeep where I'm going to the next counter. So she, they upgraded me to a Jeep Wrangler four door. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, for, for only like an extra $15 a day. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. It would have been too expensive. But I was thinking about Dan the whole time I drove that thing because on the Jeep Wrangler, there's almost as many Easter eggs as there is on the Renegade. Well, there's, yep. the, there's the logo up on the windshield. There's the logo down in the cup holders. There's, there's some of that stuff. And my first thought was are they trying to hide something are they trying to overcompensate yeah, for yeah. something that, that's actually the word he used was are they, they seem to be overcompensating 
Yeah, so, I think it's a styling thing more than an overcompensation thing because they're doing it on a lot of the a lot of the vehicles. Even the the new Grand has some of those things mm-hmm. um, that my wife drives. Well, seventy fifth uh, anniversary, uh, yada yada. But uh, I'm just so hoping Jeep doesn't uh, doesn't lose its way after seventy five years. Mm-hmm. They need to quit selling it. Maybe it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. What's up, guys? I'm Kobe. And I'm Jason from Morgan Trail Off Road. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. Jeep is off-road. Jeep is about the journey. Jeep has a great story. A story that I want to tell. I'm a voiceover talent, and I'm going off-road with a grassroots marketing campaign to voice for Jeep. Want to join me on the ride? I could sure use the company. Please tag Jeep. Post a link to kb4jeep.com. Add a message and use the hashtag MyJeepStory. Thanks, Jeep Talk Show, and your listeners for your support along this crazy journey. See you on the social media trail. So we are going to be having a uh, off-road food segment coming up here pretty soon with a uh, a, a great uh, cook and off-road uh, uh, person herself, Gina. And uh, well, let me let you just uh, let let it hear let you hear from her a little bit. Hey guys, I'm Gina with Boating, Boarding, and Burgers, and thanks Jeep Talk Show for having me on. I'm an avid Jeeper, but I'm also a food and travel blogger and business owner. So I want to show you, here's my kitchen. This is where I do a lot of my food blogging, uh, but I also do a lot of trail blogging. So whether we're up in the mountains jeeping, off-roading, or we're up snowmobiling and I'm cooking on my muff pot in my snowmobile or on my snowmobile, it's just amazing. So I want to show you a lot of, of my great trail food ideas. Um, I've been jeeping my whole life. Uh, the first time my sister and I rolled a jeep, we were 13 and 15. We were supposed to be just out back of the farm and just, you know. Oh, yeah. And we specifically uh, faded that out because uh, I don't want you hearing the story. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wait for the good stuff. Yeah, that is uh, what we what we, we call uh, these days uh, a teaser. So that we're definitely trying to tease you guys. So we're looking forward to having Gina on and doing the cooking segments uh, very, very soon. Uh, I, I suspect we'll have it in the next show or two. So looking yeah. forward to that. And I was looking for a, a female co-host tonight, but it seems that, well, Tammy's not here. Slacker. But we do have the next best thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am not even sure how to follow that up, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there is his lovely uh, vocal tones right there. It is Cody from TrailChasers.net. You guys uh, who are veterans of the show will, of course, remember him. He has filled in for us and is also the contributor of our Grand Adventure segment that we air every now and again. Um, he's going to be filling in tonight for Tammy. Uh, Cody, first off, thanks, man. Really appreciate you filling in. Do appreciate the short notice and the, and the, uh, the substitute teacher call as it were. I appreciate the short notice. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it. And, uh, it was, Tammy cleared it with HR like two months ago and she's checked in with me like four times to make sure that I was going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not only would she not let me have my day in the spotlight, she had to call in and leave a message to make sure that she got her voice on the show. (laughs) oh gee well there you go what are you gonna do here we go let's let's hear from tammy this is what she's got to say i bet you it's something jeep related hey guys well i finally did it i just dropped off the jeep um at adam's jeep to get my list and my tires and my wheels put on thank goodness i went in and checked in with them because in the 
worksheet it said 33-inch tires. That would have been horrible. Anyway, I'm on my way back home. I'll hit the airport tomorrow. And when you guys are recording this, I will be in Maine near Acadia National Park. Anyway, cross your fingers that they get everything done and I can pick my Jeep up all growed up on Monday when I get back from my trip. Talk to you guys later. So, uh, Josh, Cody, and I want to make sure that we do not feel that you guys are lacking in any way if you have 33-inch tires. That's yeah, just yeah. Tammy. Let's, <laughs> wait, wait, let's go back for a second. I'm the next best thing to a female host, and the female host told me it would be horrible to have 33-inch tires on my vehicle. There you go. I am so offended. See how this show's lining up? <laughs> <laughs> can't, you know, we just, this is why we can't have nice things. So let me tell you about the Jeep Talk Show. Well, you know, you're listening to it. You're watching it. If you're uh, with us here live on YouTube or watching the pre-recorded version there on YouTube. But the Jeep Talk Show is primarily an audio podcast. We're not trying to be some YouTube sensation. Uh, JTS is great for listening while driving at work, at the gym, or even doing that pesky yard work. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, or go directly to Jeep Talk Show website, www.jeeptalkshow.com. Dot com. New episodes of the Jeep Talk Show are available for download each Monday at midnight Central Time or listen directly uh, from our smartphone-enabled em- website. What's that website again? JeepTalkShow.com. It didn't get much simpler than that, folks. And it can be any more simple than a simple subscribe button. That's right, guys. we got buttons all over the web, don't we? <laughs> well, right. on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Show, where we air this show live, 10 p.m. Central, every week. And, of course, where we upload a bunch of other video content all the time as well, guys. It's where you need to go. It's where you find us. It's where you catch the videos, the behind-the-scenes looks. And, of course, if you guys want to uh, to get the latest updates and stuff, well, you got to subscribe. So make sure you get that subscription in and be sure and tell a friend as well. Use all the scrip- subscriptions we can get our hands on. Oh, yeah. I love that. Love keeping you guys informed, too. So it's uh, it's really more about uh, keeping you informed than anything else. Yeah, and I was informing you guys over the last couple few weeks about an interview that I did here recently with a very cool Jeeper. His name is Phil. He's the owner of Max Built Off-Road out in uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And uh, I sat down with him got a very lengthy interview and we got the first part of this that we're going to be releasing this week, guys. Um, it is really cool. This is the founder of the Epic Willie's Adventure and he uh, and his gang took a whole bunch of very, very old, very, very period correct Jeeps uh, from Wisconsin to Moab, Utah for the 50th anniversary of the Easter Jeep Safari. And let me tell you, it was an epic adventure. He's going to tell us all about it in that interview we're going to be releasing that this week, guys, so make sure you look out for that. It will be a bonus download, and we're going to have a part two to that where we're going to get into some other stuff as well. So we'll be teasing that over the next week or so as well. So, guys, make sure you look for that bonus download coming up this week. So wasn't that something you mentioned uh, on last show that we were going to be having it on uh, mm-hmm. this uh, this coming week? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so just in case somebody's screaming at the uh, at the radio or at the uh, the monitor, uh, that was my fault. I didn't get it out. I thought about it today and I thought, well, you know, it's show, show times. Uh, so I'm just going to hold off on it. So it wasn't Josh's fault, which I know is the knee jerk reaction to think it probably was. I know. Default <laughs> to blaming me. That's, that's how it goes. Hey, blame it on the new guy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, well, let's blame Go it on Tammy. She's not here. You blame it on the guy that's not here. That's what yeah. you do. 
Clearly job, Tammy's Tammy. fault. To, I don't know go, who Tammy. else is it could be. She's out of town. Yeah. It's it's clearly she dropped the ball. <laughs> Must be. Must be. Well, and since Tammy is not here, and this is her favorite part of the show, I get the joy of introducing the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, a few comments about a farm man raise a Jeep that had the air bottle come loose and went through the back window. Uh, I get broken glass on my Jeep all the time from the inside out. Uh, not caused by loose items. It's mostly the passengers trying to escape. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not what I called to talk about today. I called to talk about today is Tony, Tony, Tony. You keep mentioning whale songs. It's almost as if you're oh, no. daring somebody to oh, call no. in and leave a 20-minute message of whale songs. Here it comes. 20 minutes. Who would even do that? I don't know anybody insane enough to do that. <sighs> Watch the birds are going to go quiet. <laughs> and that was 20 minutes of whale songs, but Tony edited it down to three minutes. All right, gentlemen and girls, I will chat you later, and you have a good one. Goodbye. Oh, always so much fun. You know, I, I figured, you know how whenever something uh, very evil is coming up on you in a movie, all the crickets and all the sounds of nature cease to exist yeah. <laughs> right before the attack. Quiet around here. And I, I figured that when the whale song started, those birds, that, those loud-ass birds that were in the background <laughs> were going to just hush and maybe hear a flutter of activity as they tried to escape. <laughs> Well, great hearing from you, Nikki G. We uh, we love that. And uh, I make a quick connection uh, co- correction. I did reach out to Fireman Ray because uh, Josh had mentioned something yeah. about you know getting him on and uh, getting more information about what happened. And uh, I uh, have not gone back to to find out where I got this uh, information, but it was not Fireman Ray oh. that this happened to. Oh, okay. It was uh, a gentleman who uh, used to be on xjtalk.com and has since left. I think because we give him such a hell of a hard time. Uh, He's, uh, you still see his post there, XJ4IV, and uh, he was out uh, with, uh, they were actually doing some off-road event. Fireman Ray was there. He saw what happened, but it was actually uh, XJ4IV's uh, Jeep that that happened to and his Jeep, uh, or XJ Talk uh, sticker. So um, just want to make a little correction. Doesn't make a difference to anybody else, but uh, I like uh, like it being correct. Yeah, but, no, uh, I like having the, the, the proper information out there. But I'll get the information to you uh, for his Facebook, uh, uh, Josh, so you can uh, contact him and interview him about that if you'd like to. Yeah, and of course, uh, Fireman Ray, if you want to let a, uh, an air bottle loose and crack your window just to fit in, hey, we're not going to complain at all. <laughs> just make sure you get the video on YouTube. We do not verify your stories. <laughs> we just want them entertaining. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What do you talk about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of thank yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. All right, we're going to have some fun here tonight. I'm just going to tell you ahead of time. 
I'm working, uh, I'm reading and I am working the board. So I've got some images here I'm going to show you that goes, goes along with this story. Uh, please, children, leave the room. All right, so we're going to do uh, Jeep Cherokee from stock to wheeler. Uh, these are Jeep Armor sliders. If you're like me, you hear sliders, you think about some greasy, tasty food. But these sliders will help you get over obstacles and minimize the damage or just outright prevent it from happening. There's a very easily damaged area on our Cherokees, and that's the rocker panels. This area runs between the front and rear tires just below your doors, or door if it's a two-door. Uh, it's quite easy to damage these rockers. Uh, when you go up over an obstacle, <laughs> I'm just going to uh, put the, this, uh, this image here real quick. Uh, when you go up and over obstacles, sometimes that obstacle can be in the form of a submerged tree stump. Ask me how I know. Sliders are just uh, some uh, hunk of metal that is either bolted to uh, or welded to your Cherokee. Or some people uh, cut out the rockers and replace them with rectangular steel, uh, thick wall stuff that... It would take a nuclear bomb to bend. Uh, whatever you put there, it needs to uh, needs now only to uh, be able to support the weight of your vehicle, but any force that may impact it when your Jeep comes down on it. Rock, tree, zombie, whatever. So you may be saying, okay, I've seen these sliders before, trucks, Jeeps, etc., and they have uh, an area or a drop down where you can use them as a step to, to get up in the vehicle. No! Don't do it. Those are not sliders. Those would be called uh, Nerf bars. And generally speaking, they are um, cosmetic at best. So uh, you could also call them decorations. Anyone remember when Marty McFly went back to the Old West and he was dressed up as a cowboy? I believe his shirt was pink. Nearly got him killed. Well, any decorative flimsy slider may not get you killed. Well, actually it might. Anything you bolt or weld onto your Jeep that hangs down is just something waiting to get ripped from your vehicle, bent up, or hang you up. I have recently seen Rough Country advertising wheel-to-wheel -wheel Nerf steps. Their ad even says it will offer rocker protection. I guess it's technically correct that it will. However, it will do more uh, to keep you from moving forward or backward when off-road. Uh, Jeep Talk Show does not recommend Nerf bars even for on-road only vehicles, and here's why. You may find yourself in an emergency, emergency situation where uh, an otherwise capable off-road vehicle, but, uh, but instead now being able to leave, a, uh, I'm sorry, uh, otherwise capable off-road vehicle, uh, able to leave dangerous areas or getting, a family, uh, or getting to a family to evacuate them, you'll now get stuck. First responders will have yet another task helping you. Can't think of a situation where this could happen? Well, how about hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, flooding, and again, zombie apocalypse. If you need help getting up in your Jeep, buy a small collapsible stool and install a real set of sliders. Real sliders don't hinder your rig, uh, and, and you don't want to hinder your rig for convenience or looks. Who knows, during an emergency, you may be forced to abandon your Jeep and evacuate in a Prius. Oh my, oh my God, the horror. <laughs> there would be a picture of that showing up on social media, people. You don't want that happening. So uh, just, just throwing up a couple of pictures here. Now, here is an image of a Grand Cherokee. Sorry, Cody. That Ouch. somebody put some uh, Nerf bars on. And they you can see here from the side image, they are very, very low. The rocker is right up there underneath the door. It's only a couple of inches uh 
wide, and that's the area that gets bent. And you can bend your rocker so badly that you won't be able to open or close the door. And if you were doing it without doors, you're not getting the doors back on until you get a, a BFH to uh, hmm. bang it out. So uh, here's an example of uh, some real sliders. Uh, I found this picture, and it's uh, nice and yellow, so there's a lot of contrast. And you see how the uh, slider is angled uh, there just behind the front tire. Well, that's so that if you come on, you know, get on top of something, it's going to have a tendency to move uh, down and under your Jeep. And there's nothing going to get through that, uh, that, that slider. I don't, you know, I'm not I actually can't really feel them or tell how heavy they are, but those are, those style are generally very beefy, very thick metal and a slide of a, a, a short of a side impact. I don't think from another vehicle, I don't think you'd have a, an issue with it off road. Now, uh, here's what can happen when you use a decorative, uh, nerf bar, or maybe you could call it a slider. I wouldn't. And you can see even see little pads there on that flimsy metal uh, that uh, people use for steps. They're like nod skid little uh, steps that help them get in. Well, this vehicle was has been taken off road before, and you can see it. They're flexing on a rock, and uh, it looks like the uh, that Nerf bar has flexed more than on more than one occasion. As a general rule, if it has a step on it, it's not going to be what you want. And uh, this is a picture of I think what. Uh, uh, Rough Country is selling, and it it may be very sturdy, but as you're going over things, those steps are actually going to keep you from moving forward, and if you're uh, lucky enough, you'll be able to back up over the obstacle. If you get past that first step and uh, get something in between those two steps, you are going to be having fun. Uh, you, you know, you're going to be breaking out the high lift jack and trying to get somebody else to give it gas while uh, the high lift jack folds over. So, uh, now uh, I did buy some, uh, some sliders. I had, uh, planned on getting sliders, uh, before I went off road and did the damage to my rocker. And this is my rocker in this image. And you can see where I had, uh, sanded off the paint and, uh, was getting ready to start putting the studs in. Actually, I had started putting the, uh, the weld on, uh, studs for the bodywork uh, in this image. And, uh, I got that all pulled out mostly. And then covered it with uh, some uh, diamond uh, plate, and uh, this is what we have now. So uh, I have uh, actually a combination of sliders and frame stiffeners uh, that I got from uh, DetoursUSA.com, and uh, he actually did a custom for me, giving me a little bit of a, a tube there, a rub tube along the side. So uh, I actually have some protection from uh, uh, trees and rocks and things that might be uh, taller than two feet. Um, and uh, I really like them. They're great. They're very heavy. Uh, it was uh, very difficult carrying them both at the same time. But I did it, damn it, and I'll hmm. do it again. So uh, oh, one other example, not just to pick on uh, on Cody's, uh, uh, not that, that that's your Grand Cherokee, but uh, pick on a Grand Cherokee. Here's a, a Cherokee, uh, proper Cherokee, with uh, <laughs> the Nerf bars and the little steps. So just, uh, again, if, you, if, you, if it has steps on it, generally speaking, that's a bad thing. That would be your indi- that would be your indication <laughs> that, that it's a bad thing. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you um, now, Josh. I think you do have sliders on your '99 uh, Cherokee. Uh, yes, I do. But are they decorative? Because I seem to remember no, steps being not. on them. 
Yes, they there are. Uh, they are cut into the top side, and they are diamond plate. Uh, but the the rock the rocker rail or the the sliders that I have are functional. Uh, they tie into both the unibody as well as the pinch seam all the way across. Mm-hmm. And uh, and although I have come down extremely hard, you I'm talking did like have to replace wheels. one, didn't you? I did have to replace one. Yes, but that was. <laughs> I mean, we're talking full vehicle weight in the air coming down on the on a rock at a single point. And uh, and yeah, the sliders just couldn't quite handle that kind of damage or that yeah. kind of uh, a force. Now, these are the, the Warrior products, uh, rock bars. I don't even know if they are offered anymore. Um, but uh, what I'm planning on doing with these is I'm going to upgrade them with a, a little piece of 3 or or 8th inch steel on the bottom just to reinforce them. A little bit because I do wheel pretty hard and these things are not quite up to the caliber of wheeling that I typically do. They're good for about 90% of what I do, uh, but occasionally I get into some pretty hairy stuff and uh, and these things, although are good and they are meant to take uh, take some abuse, uh, just not quite what I put them through. So uh, it, it, I think it is worth saying that you have not had any rocker damage or door damage. They have protected your vehicle. Absolutely. So, so even no, though absolutely. you bent one. And, I've, and I have abused them mm-hmm. severely, and, and they have held up re- remarkably well, in, with the exception of the most extreme, perfect storm of conditions uh, that led to, to me putting a slight bend in the bottom of one of them. And that was enough for me to be like, all right, that's enough. I'll go ahead and yeah. replace it because another hit in that same area and that likely would have led to some rocker damage. So there was a, you got actually got a replacement rocker whenever you went out to a Warrior and went through their facility and uh, did right. an interview there. And that was actually a condition of the interview was that they would replace that for free, wasn't it? That is correct. Yeah, I got a chance <laughs> to actually visit the Warrior Products uh, uh, facility out out here in Oregon and uh, and got a tour and talked with one of their sales representatives. I believe his name was Brian. Uh, and I haven't had, I got to touch base with those guys again. It's been a little while since I've, uh, reached out and said hello. Uh, but yeah, great people over there and they uh, make a great line of products. Now we're not above bribes, but I was giving Josh a hard time. He did not do that interview on the, on condition of getting the warrior product. I I actually reached out to them and was, (laughs) I was just, I was just making a list of people I need to call. (laughs) (laughs) I was fully prepared to, uh, to pay full retail, um, you know, cost for, for one, of course they are sold in pairs, obviously. So Mm -hmm. selling one is not typically something that they do. Uh, but once they, you know, heard about who, who it was and what this was for and everything else. And, um, and I agreed to, to give them a generous plug. And we of course did the, the, the interview form and stuff. They, uh, were kind enough to waive the cost. So, uh, get that, uh, do you have that button that you wear when you're out doing these interviews? I'm Josh. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm kind of a big deal. No, All right. Well, back, back know me. Back to, I think it was just uh, Oregonians <laughs> helping out Oregonians. Back to sliders. So, Cody, uh, I know you've only had your Grand Cherokee for a short time, but uh, have you added any rocker protection yet? Oh, and, you know, just a thought. If you haven't, maybe you could build some that would hold some motor oil for that very uh, oil-hungry 4.7 liter. You filthy <laughs> <laughs> bringing bringing up the pain of the blown engine i do not have rockers it's something i've been wanting to put on um i do deem them because i've already bent the pinch seam and and dinged up the uh underbelly a little bit uh iron rock makes a really good set mm-hmm. for the wj and there's other companies out there as well um, but i have a a good friend of mine that has a fab shop and he doesn't do uh, a lot of jeep fab but he wants to kind of get into it. So mm-hmm. we've had conversations about 
bringing my Jeep in the garage and uh, into his uh, shop and having him make some stuff and see how it goes. So I, I've gone back and forth as to just the ease of buying them and bolting them on or actually building them myself. So I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Yeah. What, uh, what year is the WJ again? Oh, one, 2001. Yeah. What's the range you recall for the WJs? Uh, 99 to 2004. Okay. So, um, all right, well that's, yeah, that's kind of the, the, um, yeah, it's probably, well, what was it before the 99? Cause I remember seeing a 98 ZJ. ZJ yeah. Oh. Or, or ZJ. If you're, if you're overseas, I don't know if we've got anybody overseas, but, uh, the ZJ ran from 93 to 98. Okay. So that's the one that was sitting on the showroom floor whenever I got my, my 98, uh, XJ. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, not a bad looking rig, just a little too yuppie for me, but, uh, boy, whenever you, uh, start sticking the, the big tires and the off-road armor and stuff like that, it, it, it gets my, my, my Jeep senses tingling a bit. I have to admit. Oh, but apparently my 33 inch tires aren't big enough. According uh, to some people. Never will be. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, what a snob. all right well uh let's get over to our cool jeep item of the week and if you guys are keeping up with your scoreboard we uh, do a different type of segment each week here we have the amazon you bought what we got the cool jeep item of the week and then uh, we do a a, rather tammy does a product review we may be having others doing product reviews for us here very soon and uh, thanks to adam morris for the tip on this one this is a stanley 14 inch panel carry handle for nine dollars and 28 cents you can find it on Amazon. There'll be a, a link somewhere in the show notes, I'm sure. Uh, panel carry helps you easily hand carry panels of flat wood or other material, provides increased balance and control during transportation for the coordinationally challenged. <laughs> uh, angled handles help keep hands away from panel for added comfort and less broken fingers. Perfect for transporting Jeep doors and roof panels from uh, vehicle to storage. No more plastic keeps the your paint from getting scuffed up, and it comes in high-visibility yellow because let's face it, your vision isn't getting any better. And uh, on a personal note, these things are awesome. Working on a construction site, you grab one of these things, grab a couple sheets of drywall or sheet metal or uh, um, plywood, and you can carry them way easier than trying to wrap your hand around it or lift it up over your head. That's great. And you can find these things at uh, Amazon. Uh, and please go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon before you make any of your purchases, and we'll get a little something something. It doesn't cost you anything more. So I see I have the Rugged Ridge uh, receiver shackle bracket, and uh, these are heavy-duty steel design uh, because tin foil just doesn't work, unless you're Nikki G. Designed for recovery purposes only, does not cook bacon. Oh, my God. That You know, if they had wound that into the, the item, <laughs> they would fly <laughs> off the shelves. Uh, it, that probably just because of the grease. 9,500-pound pull capacity means these things are strong enough to get your mom out of the pool. How dare you? If it's two inch hitch <laughs> or, or with big enough hammer, smaller ones too. <laughs> oh, the big enough hammer, just about anything will fit anywhere. Uh, you see- now, this is one It doesn't come from Amazon. Guys, we normally try and, and find products on Amazon.com because we like to scratch our own back and give you guys the opportunity to, of course, well, help us out as well by clicking on that link, going to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon before you buy any of your off-road products or any other online shopping. Uh, this one came from one of my favorite new companies, Hooligan Off-Road. Uh, these guys can be found at hooliganoffroad.com. Uh, this is an XJ Fire Pit Grill. You heard me right. XJ, as in the Cherokee, Fire Pit and Grill. Damn. All in one combo. It's all 8th inch steel construction, CNC cut, bent and dipple dyed all in-house. This Fire Pit Grill sets up and breaks down in seconds. 
Approximate size is roughly 32 inches by 16 by 16 assembled and 32 by 16 by only one and a half inches thick folded flat. That means it'll fit in the back of the cargo area and you can still get the beer, <coughs> I mean groceries into. <laughs> Grill attachment slides along the top rail so you can control the amount of heat your food is getting and also great for burning off your fingerprints. So I would assume that this uh, has come about because of cash for clunkers. There's a lot of more XJs laying around where they can make them into things. And, uh, you know, thanks, Obama. Oh, so, man. No, I, uh, you know, I saw a picture of this uh, on uh, the Tumblr and oh, okay. uh, po posted it up on Twitter for everybody to see. And it was just the front. I didn't see these uh, uh, isometric views that you have here. Uh, yeah, really, nice. really cool. This actually is a really neat little item. Um, yeah, very it, it unique. It looks like it's completely functional. Looks like it's fairly sturdy and everything. I mean, I don't know what the longevity of this thing would be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, having, you know, burning fire in it and everything uh, for, you know, too many times. But, uh, Nonetheless, definitely a really cool conversation piece. Wouldn't mind having one of these out in the backyard. You know, and I, to be honest, if it doesn't work out as a fire pit, it looks like you could put a baby in there, uh, like a crib out in the field. You know, <laughs> you are going to be sleeping in the, in the in the Grand Cherokee after your. See, wife I was going a different this. direction. I was going more like go kart. I was like, you know, this thing would be about the size. You know, I could picture some tires on there. A little, you know, a little. I'm, now I'm thinking on wheels the on the four corners and a handle, and that's going to be her stroller from now on. <laughs> you know, with some legs on it and a nice uh, marble top, you have a, a, a fancy desk for your home office there, too. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I, I don't yeah. know how big it is, but it's uh, it's about the shape of a desk. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm thinking that <clears throat> we ought to uh, pool our resources together and uh, buy one of these for Tammy. You know, after the 35-inch tire comment. Get, yeah, right. get her something that is an XJ and not a Wrangler, and that would. What be we a, need to do is have somebody <laughs> swap her spare out for a thirty-three, uh, twenty-two, twenty-two oh, inch. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> donut on the back. Do yeah. we have the number for Adams? Can we get them to put like a oh. paint a TJ with like a, a Rubicon sticker on it, and when she comes back to pick up her Jeep, they roll that thing out, and they're like, "No, that's the one you dropped off." Yeah, yeah that's, we, the, that's that's yours. We need to Your call. Keys, yeah. We need to call in and do a little social engineering, also uh, <laughs> called fishing for you hacker types, and we need to get them to remove every piece of purple <sighs> from that Jeep <laughs> before she picks it up. Oh, that <laughs> what happened be awesome. to it? Or better yet, oh, this is this is great. We could just say, I've been having problems with one of the D-rings. Could you remove one of the D-rings? <laughs> <laughs> and see how many days it went before she started going, somebody stole my D-ring. <laughs> uh, do you guys realize what's happening now? She's never going to leave again and never give no, me the chance I, to come on the show. She's shaking her fist and cursing us right now <laughs> hell hath no fury like that of a woman scorned Tony. a purple, oh, so a purple woman yeah <laughs> all righty so let's uh, let's move on from here that's uh, it's too much fun hope you guys are enjoying it if you guys don't know there is a story where tammy firmly believes that somebody stole one d-ring off of her <laughs> jeep not two because you don't need a pair you know you only had one you're missing only one so you just steal one Mm -hmm. So anyway, she, she firmly believes that it was stolen and uh, not that it was loose and maybe fell off, but uh, there you go. Well, moving on, uh, we got a good section here coming up for, uh, from Nate, uh, the Wrangler Extreme section. Nate is from SWB Crawlers, and he's going to talk to us about the uh, intro to lockers. Hi, this is Nate from SWBCrawler.com, an uh, off-road enthusiast site uh, dedicated to the Jeep Wrangler platform. Tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit about lockers and what they're for and uh, sort of give you a primer as to 
uh, some of the terminology and whatnot associated to what a locker is and what a differential is. And uh, maybe I'll expand a little more in future installments on uh, exactly <clears throat> the types of lockers, how they work, um, why you might want, want one type over another, things like that. So uh, let's start with the simplest uh, uh, point here. What is a locker and why would you want it? So uh, unless you purchased a Rubicon or uh, a vehicle with a limited slip differential in it, what you probably have is what's called an open differential in your axles. So uh, what this means is when you're in a situation where you don't have full traction, i.e. you're not just on plain old asphalt, if one tire loses traction, that'll be the tire that spins. Because an open differential, uh, the way that things operate inside of the, the gearbox there, uh, the, all the power is going to go to the tire with the least traction. Now, this is obviously not desirable off-road. On-road, it's not such a bad thing, because the uh, having one tire with no power actually can sometimes act as sort of a rudder to sort of guide your your axle in the proper direction in in certain slippery situations like uh, snow and whatnot. Uh, I once saw a very, very informative video uh, that, was, that looked to be recorded a very long time ago. It was black and white, and this guy had used dowel rods and uh, these very large, over-emphasized gears to try to illustrate how an open differential works and why it is that uh, one tire will get all the power and the other tire won't. Uh, it's really informative. You should try to look it up if you really want to know how an open differential works. But uh, in short, in an open differential, there's a carrier which surrounds several internal gears, which are called spider gears. And those are what make that whole uh, open differential operate. Uh, what a locker does is either it replaces those internal gears with something that's more positively locking, or in some way, uh, like clutch packs and whatnot, that would make a limited slip, so that when that one tire loses traction, the other tire still has some power to it. There's lots of ways you can do this. Um, there's what's called, or what's commonly referred to as a spool, uh, which essentially takes the uh, those spider gears out and replaces them with a positive connection between one axle shaft and the other axle shaft, which means you get 100% of the power to both uh, both outer tires because there's no longer any mechanism in the center. It's just a little literal connection between the two halves of your uh, your axle, you know, between each axle shaft. Um, then uh, the next step up from that might be something well. It's a little bit uh, hacky, but what you can do is you can take those spider gears and weld them in place, uh, giving you effectively a spool, except instead of having uh, a link in the center, you're actually using the carrier as a, as a spool. Uh, so instead of replacing the carrier with a spool, you're just welding up the carrier and the spider gears so it acts as a spool. Uh, another option is to replace those internal spider gears with uh, something like a uh, a true track or like a I'm trying to think of a another brand name but they're commonly referred to as lunchbox lockers they're basically uh, you take you keep your existing carrier you take out the spider gears and you put in this other this other set of gears <clears throat> which then acts as a as an automatic locker uh, then there's the full carrier locker which would take the entire carrier out and replace it with something else. Uh, something like the Detroit locker that you may have heard about 
that's a full carrier locker. Uh, your ring gear bolts right onto the locker instead of being on, on the carrier, or instead of being on the old carrier. And then uh, there's also selectable lockers. So everything up until this point has been either you have a locker or you don't. Uh, with a selectable locker, you've got either an open or a limited slip until you engage the locker. And then once you engage it, uh, you've got essentially a spool. Uh, this is very similar to what the Jeep Rubicon comes with off the lot. Um, so there's some basics about uh, what lockers are and and uh, how they are, uh, how they operate. I'm um, hoping to give you a little more detail in maybe a future installment. The one last thing that you may want to know is uh, whether these things are something you can do in your garage or not. Uh, in some cases, yes. Something like the lunchbox locker, maybe even a mini spool or a uh, a normal spool might be something you can tackle on your own. Uh, however, anytime you need to remove the carrier from your axle, especially if you're replacing it with a different carrier, there's a lot of uh, very intricate setup to make sure that your ring and pinion gears mate properly. And uh, it's not something that's that an amateur would want to take on. I tried to do one once with a friend of mine who had done them before, and it lasted about a week and exploded on me. I had to go to a, a mechanic and have it fixed. So, uh, word to the wise. Spend the money. Have a professional do it. So this has been Nate from SWBCrawler.com. Uh, look us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or even Google+. Just find SWBCrawler. Thanks. What do you mean, even Google+. Google+, Plus is nice. <laughs> I know it's for not all, as popular for all as the four people that are there. Yeah, as it's very true. Well, you know, Tammy's uh, a very popular over there. She's had over a million uh, um, downloads or uh, something uh, over there. So uh, she's done quite well. So I guess it's uh, it's a good thing if you use it. Hey, one thing that you guys want to be using is a good solid knife, and we've got LT Wright knives here in the house, and uh, well, they are handcrafted in Ohio with the finest locally sourced materials, guys. They build everything from everyday carry to bushcraft and even overland specific. Everything that LTWK builds comes with a lifetime guarantee and is designed from the ground up to be a solid working knife. Each piece is constructed with survival in mind. Knives with a proven international pedigree that have been there and back. Bushcraft, hunting, camping, overland and everyday carry models are all available. For more information, go to ltwrightknives.com. That's ltwkrightknives.com. So I want you guys to get your number two pencils ready. Uh, Josh covers a lot of great information. Oh he gives you a lot of good information, and it's in a short, no extra breath time. <gasps> so I'm giving you an opportunity <laughs> <laughs> to get those two number two pencils sharpened, and ready at your desk and please no wagering you got tech questions oh, what do i ever we have answers oh that's good because I, I it's tech talk with jeep talk i know last week i went a little fast for you guys there was a lot to cover in a little bit of time and uh today is going to be slightly similar except not quite <laughs> as much technical information so here we go We've been talking a lot lately about various suspension components, lift kits, and all that sort of stuff. Over the last few weeks, we've just, we've delved into the steering upgrades, and I've thought it would be a good opportunity to talk a little bit of some of the lesser components that I believe are just as important as the others, if not more so. One of the things that plagues most of our Jeeps is the possibility of death wobble. If you haven't experienced this yourself or have been in a vehicle that has had it happen, then consider yourself lucky. Imagine, if you will, the body endlessly and violently trying to reestablish a center over the front axle and the 
Front axle just as violently trying to search for a center under the vehicle. These forces create a wobble in both the way the Jeep is driving down the road, but also the steering wheel and everything inside the Jeep itself as well. That includes you and the passengers. No fun, trust me, I've been there. We've talked a lot about the ways to diagnose death wobble, some of the troubleshooting procedures, and of course, a list of the biggest culprits that lead to death wobble in the first place. We're not going to go over all that stuff right here, right now. As with anything, guys, an ounce of preventative maintenance and really knowing your vehicle goes a long way. One of the most underlooked components in the early stages of a Jeep build, oftentimes, is the track bar. The main function of the track bar is to keep the axle centered under the Jeep. This applies to both the front and the rear track bar if your Jeep is equipped with one. Some lift kits come with solutions to address the fact that as you lift the Jeep, the angle of the track bar changes, and this needs to be corrected or adjusted in one way or another. Some do it by supplying a bracket that relocates the axle mount further inward or lower than before. Some just have you drill a hole and call it good. Others provide a whole new bracket, and some just give you an adjustable track bar to use in the stock location. I always recommend that one of the first things you address in the lift kit is the track bar. And that factory one should be swapped out for a stronger and more adjustable aftermarket track bar the moment that you start upgrading that Jeep. The strength and adjustability that you gain also typically come with a little more articulation as well, as now there is less binding on the vertical travel. Anytime you free up the suspension cycle by decreasing a binding point or adding travel, you will gain a little bit of articulation. Now, that, now that's not the end-all be-all of the conversation, as once you beef up the rest of the steering to the level of the overknuckle or high steer or stuff like that, the job of the track bar becomes even more integral part of the system. For instance, going over the knuckle on most Dana 30s will require you to move the track bar up from the under, typically below the axle mount, to above it. At this point, a lot of schools of thought refer to this as a panhard bar. Either way, they are the same thing, and they do the same thing. They're just called different things. But at this stage of the game, you can really beef things up by ditching the poly or rubber bushings and going with rod ends. Track bars can be made by yourself relatively easy, easily if you're into fabrication or have access to a welder. Lots of builder parts available on all sorts of sites online. Just remember, your track bar or panhard bar, whatever you decide to call it, and drag link must be the same length and at the same angle in an inverted T or an inverted Y system, unless you want to battle serious bump steer. But for most of you, the aftermarket adjustable track bars will be the perfect thing for your rig and wheeling style. And here's a piece of advice, though, when shopping for one. Don't get the cheapest one you can find. This is one of those areas where you will definitely get what you pay for. But if you are looking for an entry-level upgrade that has a step over some of the others without breaking the bank, I would might recommend the Rugged Ridge adjustable track bar system with double shear frame side bracket might be a good choice for you. I ran that for a number of years, wheeled it very hard, and had very good success with it. An adjustable rod end on one side and a poly bushing on the other make for a strong and tailorable upgrade. And no matter what you get for this phase of your build, do yourself a favor and address the weak frame mount, either by gusting the one that's in there or by going with an aftermarket double shear variety. This will add strength and peace of mind to your front end. And hey, need help getting that Jeep centered over the axle once you start doing this kind of an upgrade? Here's a nice easy trick that works every single time. Once you have the, the old one out and the Jeep is sitting on level ground, cycle the suspension up and down by pressing on the middle of the front of the Jeep. Don't do this from one corner or the other. It's always best to do it square from the front end. Get that nose to move up and down a good couple few times. Don't be gentle here, guys. Really get into it. This will center the Jeep over the axle as it comes to a rest. You can dial the rest of everything in. As always, guys, uh, make sure that you are capable of doing this sort of task before you adventure into this kind of wrench turning. It is a relatively easy swap, but uh, we are talking about suspension and steering geometry here, so uh, you want, might want to make sure you are, are, you know, get things dialed in properly. 
And always, if you're doing this kind of stuff, it might be a good idea to uh, pop down to the alignment shop and have them double check your work just to make sure you're going to be driving down the road straight. And Jeepers, as always, let me know if you guys have a tech question that you would like answered here on uh, the, this part of the Jeep Talk Show. By all means, it doesn't matter how simple or how complex of a question. If you got something that you want answered here in this section of the show, by all means, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with a subject line, Tech Talk. Nicely done, Josh. I was able to keep up with all of that. And uh, it's uh, very interesting. Now, let me ask you a quick question. What do you think about using a Grand Cherokee track bar? You know, because they use V8s and stuff, and it's supposed to be a, a cheap and better, uh, more heavier-duty upgrade. It's better. Well, you can, you can do that. You <laughs> can do that with the, with the drag link and the tie rod. The track bar is a slightly different system on, especially like the WJs. You get into something like that, then it's not even going to do a, a swap over. Um, the, the ZJs, however, do have several components that will swap over from one rig to the next. I still, I mean, if you are on a junkyard budget, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that might help you out, get you down the road a little bit further. But remember, guys, anytime you go to the junkyard, you might be inheriting somebody else's problems. You could, you know, be thinking that you're upgrading it, but you actually are installing something that's going to give you death wobble. And trust me, that's not something that you want to do. Might just be better to save your pennies for a couple few more weeks and get something off the aftermarket. Yeah, uh, and that's the way I think about it is, you know, if you're going to go to the trouble of changing the thing out, and especially if it's a daily driver, just get something that's aftermarket and just beefy as hell. Alrighty, well, let's get over to uh, Cody and his grand adventure. We have the uh, added bonus that he's going to be doing it live for us tonight. Cody? Outstanding. Take it away. I think you've got some uh, 10-4 good buddy stuff to tell us. I do. This is this is kind of on the uh, tech talk uh, line. Um, I'm putting a CB in the WJ. I wanted to do it since the day I got it. And the one thing about it is that there's no good place inside to mount an, a traditional CB. In the TJ, there seemed to be a lot more room to stuff one of those decks in. Mm -hmm. So I went back and forth, and I ended up getting a Midland. I don't know if you can see it. It's a Midland uh, two-in-one portable CB. The good thing about this is it is a simple handheld radio that can be used in a portable mode like this in the tow rig or uh, when you're out actually on the trail, walking on the trail, talking to someone, or it comes with a connection that allows you to swap out the battery pack, plug it in, and then plug into your uh, cigarette lighter power source and external antenna on the, on the truck. So it's a two-in-one, um, and that makes it so I don't have to worry about finding a really a good place to mount that uh, that deck. So that's been kind of what I've been working on. And I was going to go with a no ground plane antenna. And for those of you that don't know what it is, don't sweat it. I struggled with it quite a bit. The CB antenna uses the metal of the top of your rig to bounce the signal off, essentially. And for those of you in soft tops, you'll find that your, your, your signal strength is weaker because it doesn't have that metal. I had that issue in my TJ with my last radio, so I was going to do it in this one, uh, but I went to a CB shop today. He said, don't do it. Stick with a standard radio. Figure it out. We, so we, he and I worked together to come up with a good mounting plan. So this weekend, I'm going to mount the external antenna, run the coax up to where I'm going to plug in the handheld, and then see if I can't make that work. And I'm doing all of this to prep for my Memorial Day trip uh, across the desert. So if you guys have, uh, real quick, if you guys have any experience with CB radios in WJs or, or issues with no ground plane versus standard radios, hit me up on trailchasers.net and we can talk about it and maybe give you some advice. 
Oh, and or also, give me advice. Sorry. Yeah. And also too, uh, Cody's been doing a, a podcast and Cody, I am way behind on my podcast, but I think I am up to March now, uh, okay. listening to them. And, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your, your next, uh, trail chasers, uh, podcast. And, uh, uh, how many of those things do you have out now? I've done 12, um, Lord. the last, yeah, the, the <laughs> last one I did, I actually did while I was on vacation with my wife in Hawaii and I ended up basically taking all of the grand Cherokee, the grand adventure segments, the first 12 grand adventure segments and clipped them together to make a show. So oh, for those nice. of you, for those of you that haven't heard all of the grand adventure segments, it's a good place to go catch up on that. Um, so, and, and in that show, I made sure to thank you guys, especially for all oh. the support that you've given me and the, the kickoff to the podcasting and all that stuff. So thank you so much personally for giving me the opportunity to do that. No, uh, I'm just so glad that uh, you actually decided to do the the podcast. I know that's something we talked about a long time ago before you, you came onto the show here. And uh, it takes a lot of uh, commitment uh, to do a podcast, as uh, now you well know. And, of course, Josh and I know. Uh, Tammy doesn't because she's always taken off. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I, I couldn't have done it at a at a worse time. You know, I, I started the podcast right before uh, Presley was born, and now I've got a newborn. And just three weeks ago, I started a new job with a lot more responsibility. And oh, no. it's, you know, so trying to manage time has been difficult, but, it, you know, you just keep punching through. Yet you were able to go to Hawaii. So I don't know how you work that in. <laughs> the, funny, the funny thing is, is when I interviewed for this new job, we, we started talking about start date, and I went, um, Real quick, <laughs> I've got tickets About purchased that. for this week, and I'm not changing it. So I went to work for two weeks, left for vacation, and then came back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, I figured you did the thing where you actually, uh, before you started the new job, you went on vacation. Uh, we talked about it, but they didn't want to wait that long to get me in. They they Now I know why. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they needed a sucker to get in there as quick as possible for someone changed their <laughs> mind. But uh, no, they 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 knew about it, so I took off. No, for a week. Um, as long as you're up front with it and they understand, that's uh, that's actually great. Uh, I did want to mention really quick uh, about the antenna. Uh, you know, um, Corvettes, at least they were, and I suspect they still are, mainly fiberglass. And mm -hmm. if you wanted to run a CB in your Corvette, you had to use a half wave antenna or a ground planeless antenna. Mm -hmm. And uh, what a uh, the smallest antenna that you can use is a quarter wave antenna. And you have to have a metal surface, a reflective surface, a counterpoise, if you mm -hmm. will, because it acts as the other half of the antenna. So that reflectivity that you were referring to is actually the mirror image electrically of the antenna. So when you put a quarter wave on a vehicle, it has to use the metal to reflect, to make the full half wave. So really, truly a half wave is the long is the shortest antenna you can have, but through a trick of uh, electronics or uh, uh, magnetism, electromagnetism, uh, I guess you can get away with a quarter wave. So that's, that's what you're fighting. And TJs have a problem with that because the metal is very low. So if you put your antenna very low, then you can get that reflectivity, but I still think you have a, a few issues. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and I think according to the guy at the shop, we looked at it and my concern was that, I've got my spare tire mounted on top of the WJ and I'll eventually put a, a rack up there. Mm -hmm. And I was concerned that that would impede on that ground plane. And he's, the guy said he was pretty confident it wasn't. And he even offered to tune it for me once I got it installed. So we'll see what happens. And uh, like I said, I'm, we're heading across the Mojave desert. We're doing the uh, old Mojave trail over Memorial day weekend from Barstow to Laughlin. It's a two day overnight trip. So I wanted to have the CV installed before then. 
Your absolute best antenna is going to be a 102-inch whip. So if you can figure out a way to mount that, even if it's low. So uh, <laughs> let's get over to Wheeling Wear. And this is where we talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. ForceProtectionLLC.com, a, a vehicle wrapping company, reached out to us. We plugged his company, what he wanted to do, and lo and behold, he hooked up with one of our listeners. They got We got those two hooked up together. If you want to promote something, we do have the platform for you. Make sure you reach out to us and uh, we'll talk about what it's going to take. Um, I want to talk about this hospice of Southern Illinois, and they are holding another Jeep fundraiser. Now, I'm all about hospice, guys, because I've lost a lot of family members to cancer. Um, this is a very good cause. This is happening June 11th, the Bone and Business Center in Harrisburg, Illinois. Registration cost is just $20 per Jeep. Make sure you guys load up all your friends. All proceeds, all proceeds from this event will go and help benefit the hospice of Southern Illinois. They do this several times throughout the year, guys. They get a lot of response and a lot of Jeepers come out of the woodwork to help these guys out. If you want to, make sure that you guys um, head over to the Hospice of Southern Illinois website. I don't have that information in front of me, but we'll make sure to get that in the show notes for you so you can go and help them out as well. Friends of the Bantam Jeep Association Incorporated are presenting the 2016 Bantam Jeep Heritage Festival. Uh, this is a Jeep-only event, guys, and all drivers must be at least 18 years of age or older. Last year, this event had over 20,000 attendees. You can imagine how many Jeeps were there. This is a world record-holding event, guys, having the largest parade of Jeeps ever recorded. This is going down June 10th through the 12th. Uh, this is happening at the Cooper's Lake Campground near Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, for more information, head to bantamjeepfestival.com. Don't forget, Jeep Junkies, wherever you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly, stay on designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles, head over to www.treadlightly.org. That's it for this week, guys. Hey, I want to start hearing from some of the Jeep clubs out there. I don't care if you only have five members. Get a hold of us. We'll give you guys a shout-out on the air and a link to your club's page in our show notes. Not to mention plug any event you have coming up. Bubba Joe having a work party in the shed out back? Let us know. Maybe your club has a show and shine or a fundraising event. Doesn't matter the size or cause. Just shoot us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to get your Jeep club showcased on the show. Who knows? If we get enough responses from you guys, we'll turn this into a little bit of a contest. Yeah, we'd really love to spread the word to uh, about everybody, whatever thing you have going on, whether it be big or it's small. Uh, and uh, if you want to provide us some pictures from an event last year or something, oh, hey, yeah. we'd be happy to show those because everybody likes pictures, right? Uh, especially do. on audio-only podcasts. So uh, <laughs> speaking of pictures, uh, you can follow uh, Jeep Talk Show on the Twitter, on Tumblr, on uh, Facebook, and we are doing a lot of them fancy Jeep pictures. Uh, so you, if you go over to uh, the Twitter and uh, go to at Jeep Talk Show, you will probably see four, five, ten pictures of various Jeeps, and there are all kinds of Jeeps, Wranglers, Cherokees, even the Grands. Hell, I think there's even a Renegade in there occasionally. So uh, we'd love to have you come visit with us and uh, join us there and let us know about what's going on. You can even let us know about events that are happening uh, through uh, Twitter, Facebook, etc. We uh, really appreciate the info at jeeptalkshow.com emails, but you can also do it through the social medias. And speaking of the social medias, guys, facebook.com slash jeeptalkshow. We are all over the web, even youtube.com slash jeeptalkshow, where you can find us 10 p.m. Central every week. And, of course, we are on the Twitter, at Jeep Talk Show. Make sure you guys include the hashtag Jeep Talk Show with all of your tweets. 
And of course, if you want to help out the show, guys, a big help from each and every one of your online purchases, please consider going to deeptalkshow.com slash Amazon before you make any online shopping. Yeah, we really appreciate that. And then we get to see it, uh, what you bought, and not who you are, but what you bought. And we use that in our Amazon You Bought What segment. So, uh, Cody, where can people find you? You can find me at trailchasers.net or on all of the social medias. Uh, we are at the Trail Chasers on Instagram, Trail Chasers on Facebook, and Trail Chasers on Twitter. And Josh, uh, people can find you elsewhere. Yeah, you guys can find me over at thevoiceofjosh.com where you can uh, check out some of my voiceover work that I've done recently. And if you have a need for any voiceover or promotional work, by all means, reach out to me and we'll see what I can do for you. 